Support for the South Carolina lead is made possible in part by Columbia Metropolitan Airport. For more information, flycae.com. Hello and welcome to the South Carolina lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on February 18th, 2022 from my home studio here in Columbia. Also, it's Grayson Loman's 29th birthday. Cheers to one of our favorite leaders. Happy birthday, Grayson. And just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it, but you're still 29. You're not 30 yet. <laughs> this episode features a recap of statehouse action, including movement on American Rescue Plan Act funding that will nearly close the broadband gap, among other things. And we heard testimony from the first of several hearings on five critical race theory bills in the House. In business, we look at the astronomical multi-billion dollar budget surplus that lawmakers now have and they can budget with. And that's why they want to give you a tax cut. We have more. And in medical, DHEC will soon scale back testing operations and change up how it will be reporting data. Also, we want to hear your stories. So give us a call. Maybe Grayson can call us since I gave him a birthday shout out. You know, that's like the least you could do. <laughs> Tell us how you celebrated. Uh, you can do that by calling 803-563-7169. We love hearing from everyone. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and a brief message. You know, one to three minutes. That's where we're capping things at. So give us a call. No, no cap. I think that means lies. <laughs> now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is still widespread, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 16,553 total deaths, and currently there are 1,449,637 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of February 18th at 4 p.m. Just to note, we recorded several days this week with deaths in the triple digits. Most of those were retroactive to previous weeks, but as of right now, our statewide peak was still the week of January 29th, and that's also lower than the two previous surge peaks last September and January. And our days of reporting new case numbers are numbered, as DHEC will soon be transitioning away from its daily reporting in March. We'll have more for you on that in medical. Our current percent positive is 9.2%. There are 1,094 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19, 234 are in intensive care, and 135 are on ventilators. Those metrics are all down roughly 24% week over week. And whoa, look what's jumped up 0.3%. Vaccinations, wow. That's a doozy since Tuesday. We are at 53.8% of eligible South Carolinians fully vaccinated. Wow, that is a, that's a surge right there. A lot happened this week in the world of politics, and while I may not cover it all today, I'll have more for you in Tuesday's podcast as we gear up for another week of democracy in action here in Columbia. But I will say the hottest hearing in town this week was in Black Room 110. I don't know if you've heard about critical race theory, but apparently it deals with everything and no one can define it too. The bouncers, I mean the sergeant at arms, only let a select group of 30 people in to testify, and I was one of the first media to get in behind the rope. 
Okay, LOL, I'm just kidding. Just want to make all this sound cooler than it really was because it was a lot of rhetoric over a period of five hours. So again, critical race theory, it's a big debate going on at the state house. There are five bills up for debate, all dealing with it. And it's kind of become a catch-all phrase for all things uncomfortable about race and the conversations people say always need to happen, but rarely do. But CRT is something discussed really in law schools and looks at the way policies and laws perpetuate racism. Again, it's not taught in K-12 public schools in the state. Of course, the pandemic changed things. Remote learning put more parents in virtual classrooms with their children, and some began getting uncomfortable with some of the topics being discussed, whether it was actual history or conversations around current events assignments. A couple heated school board meetings across the country in a 2021 Virginia gubernatorial upset, and here we are with five bills by Republicans looking to legislate teachers from expressing any personal views or politics in the classroom. That's something Superintendent of Education Molly Spearman agreed should be done to an extent, but very carefully as it's a slippery slope. Some events in our state, nation, and world's history will make students and educators alike feel uncomfortable. But that does not mean that they shouldn't be taught. And students shouldn't have the opportunity to discuss it, to share their thoughts and feelings with their peers. This is a dangerous path. It could, that we may be going down. We've got to be very, very careful. That is, after all, the goal of education is to equip our students, your children, my children, our grandchildren, with the knowledge and skills to be lifelong learners and interact civilly, even when we disagree, civilly with their peers on a variety of very difficult subjects. In closing, I agree that it is not the job of the education system to shape the political viewpoints of young children or students, nor for educators and teachers to pass their own biases or topics in history or subjects onto the students they teach. Educators, teachers should not make ever make any child, regardless of race, gender, personal, political affiliation, or religion feel better, worse, guilty. That should never happen. Again, no tenets of CRT are taught in K-12 public schools. Parents have the ability to review curriculum. Textbooks are heavily vetted to ensure accuracy. Teachers get no training or professional development on CRT. And Spearman said her agency has even avoided pursuing certain federal grants that may get too close to the topic. William Oden, an older black man who served in the Air Force for more than 20 years, testified shortly after Spearman on why he supported one of the bills. I grew up in an era where there was truly oppression of Americans of African descent. But many of us rose above that oppression and became prosperous. No longer can the excuse of being oppressed or held down by the white man be abused. In this country, if a person works and applies themselves, they can be successful. I come not as a parent, but as a grandparent, with concerns that my grandchildren would be taught the exact opposite, that because of the color of their skin, they cannot achieve excellence, or because of the color of their skin, somehow they are oppressors and have a privilege as others do not. For our young people to be told that they bear responsibility for the actions taken by their ancestors would be like me holding 
each and every one of you responsible for what the people who sit in your seats did or did not do. Aiken Republican Representative Melissa Oremus, who co-sponsored three of the bills up for debate, said she has learned more about African-American history and wants it to be taught, but without bias from a teacher. And I have to say, I want my kids to know that history. I am with you. I raised my children to base everything on the content of the character and not the color of their skin. And that is where we are. And I don't want to go backwards. So what I'm saying to you is we need that great history. None of us is saying we don't want to know black history. We do want to know it, but we want it accurate told exactly how it happened. They may be a good guy, they may be a bad guy, but I want to know that and I want my children to know that. We should never wipe away black history because that is part of who we are. No action was taken as this was just the first of several meetings held on the bills. But as we approach March and the budget moves through both chambers, it's not clear to me whether these bills or maybe a newly crafted one will have enough time to make its way to the governor's desk before signing die in mid-May. And while this hearing was underway, another big one was happening. The House Judiciary Committee met briefly to discuss that revised election bill I previously told you about, and that deals with two weeks of early voting, makes absentee voting mail-in only, and creates a number of locations to vote within a county. Previous concerns over location distances and voter ID numbers for mail-in ballots were removed, among other changes. But the bill did not move forward because the meeting abruptly ended after Chairman Chris Murphy suffered a medical emergency. Murphy was still recovering from a medical condition when he came back to the House this week to hold his first committee meeting of the year. So our prayers are with the chairman at this time. Moving back to the House, Lancaster County, the school board bill we were talking about, was back on the House floor for debate. Now, this bill creates partisan elections for school boards in the county and would make it one of a handful to do so. Like I said previously, there were more people who voted on this, but no one got to speak on the bill. Hmm. That's because Republicans, led by Speaker Jay Lucas, pushed the bill to a vote right after it was reconsidered. Take a listen to how this all went down, with Speaker Lucas and then Orangeburg Democrat Gilda Cobb Hunter questioning the move while the vote was underway. Time's expired. Polls will close. Clerk will tabulate. A vote of 62 to 39. The House reconsiders the vote, whereby House 4800 was rejected on Thursday. Now the pending question becomes... Second reading on House Bill 4800. Roll calls require an order to vote on the board. Yes, ma'am, Ms. Cobb Hunter. Speaker, I was trying to get information before you call. I wanted to speak on the bill. My point of inquiry was, are we not allowed to speak on the bill on a reconsideration? Well, uh, Mr. McKnight, Ms. Brawley, Mr. Ott, Ms. Johnson, Mr. Govan, Mr. Williams, and Mr. Collins spoke um, on Thursday. I believe there was... Um, Seven Ms. minutes for the... I, I appreciate that, Mr. Speaker. I was not here on Thursday and wanted to speak on it. Uh, this has moved pretty quickly. My question was whether or not it was not still appropriate to speak on the bill. If It would have been if somebody would have requested to, Ms. Gobhunter. So you seven, didn't hear seven me. Seven minutes. Yeah, I was trying to make that request, Mr. I'm Speaker. Sorry, Thank Ms. you. I'm sorry. Right. There's a little bit of a hot mic moment there at the end from Gilda, who was putting her microphone down when she said that. The bill did pass 57 to 39 along party lines with 22 representatives not voting. It's now over in the Senate. One representative who had an excused absence was Berkeley Democrat J.A. Moore. He was with Vice President Kamala Harris at the White House on Tuesday afternoon to discuss mental health, black farmers, and education. Moore backed Harris in the 2020 presidential primary, 
but after she dropped out, he supported then-Mayor Pete Buttigieg. More talk with Buttigieg, who is now the Department of Transportation secretary, on the phone after his meeting with Harris to discuss the need to expand broadband and ensure safe drinking water for all. More also met Wednesday with the Taiwanese ambassador to discuss potential partnerships in agriculture, trade, and promoting HBCUs. Speaking of Taiwan, let's go now for a global update. Senator Lindsey Graham is at the Munich Security Conference this weekend with several members of a bipartisan congressional delegation. His trip to Europe came after several high-level meetings with Israeli officials earlier this week, including the Prime Minister, Minister of Foreign Affairs, and Minister of Defense. The Jerusalem Post reports Graham spoke with Prime Minister Naftali Bennett about Iran and other security threats in the Middle East. Some information that I'm sure will come in handy Saturday in Munich when he participates in a town hall on Afghanistan with two European officials. This, of course, is all happening while the world holds its breath amid Russia's troop buildup around Ukraine and thousands of American troops are supporting NATO allies in the region. But, of course, we also have a small Supreme Court Watch 2022 for ya. Supreme Court Watch 2022. We are just days away from President Joe Biden announcing his pick to replace retiring Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. Biden has already done a deep dive on four candidates, which includes federal district judge Michelle Childs of South Carolina. And he may or may not be in the process of interviewing candidates right now. Now, several key Democrats met with White House advisors this week. And Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin told reporters in Washington that he wants to get the nomination to the Senate floor before the Easter recess, which is April 9th. That's going to be a busy March, folks. And it's an aggressive timeline, which is on par with the pace of Judge Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation. Breyer doesn't leave until the end of the court term, which is in June. Big money, big money. Money. <laughs> yes, we have a lot of money, folks. The Board of Economic Advisors met this week, and state economists gave their final numbers for House lawmakers who are putting the finishing touches on their version of the budget. They will have billions of dollars for state operations and agency needs, and possibly even some major tax relief. That means money for you. From me. You're welcome. <laughs> That's not from me. More than a dozen prominent House Republicans joined Governor Henry McMaster to push for income tax reductions that would cost $600 million. That's the same amount recurring funds grew by for a total of $1.5 billion in growth, thanks in part to federal stimulus money and just growth in the state. Pair that with $2.5 billion in non-recurring dollars, and that's how much money extra lawmakers have to budget with, which is why they're talking about giving you a $600 million tax cut. Here's what the governor said when asked if there will be enough money to cover these annual tax cuts once the economy comes to its senses. The, no, the normal trend is going to be increasing. We are, we are confident. We are on the way up. We, the, the federal money did help, but the conservative policies that we had in, in this state are, are what have allowed this, this to occur. And we, we have businesses from all over the world that are contacting 
us that want to want to come to South Carolina. We have businesses in the state that want to grow. We have a lot of needs in education and other things, but this is the way to answer those needs. This this will un a tax cut unleashes industry and business in the economy to thrive. And sorry for the governor passionately tapping the podium in that clip. Can't help it. Now, this plan would cut the top tax bracket from 7% to 6.5%, and that's for about 1.1 million people. It will eventually get down to 6% too. Those in the 4, 5, and 6% tax brackets, that would just go to 3%. Hmm. All right. Way to go if you're in the 6%. Now, no senators were in attendance at the press event, though they were reportedly invited. But on Thursday, the new Senate finance chairman, Harvey Peeler, took to the Senate well to pitch his tax relief plan, which is even bigger than the House's, because it cuts tax rates even more, from 7% to 5.7%. And it features a $1 billion rebate for taxpayers. Grand total, $2 billion. Yeah, that's called cooking with gas right there. With both chambers touting massive tax cut plans, it's safe to say that we'll see some version of this in the budget. Now that income tax relief bill is already on the House Ways and Means agenda for Tuesday, and I'll have more revenue details for you on Tuesday. And on the way out, we got some Boeing news for you. Reuters reports that outgoing Federal Aviation Administration Administrator Steve Dixon told a small group of reporters on the sidelines of an event Thursday that the agency needs from Boeing, quote, a systemic fix to their production process. They've got to produce the quality on their production line that we're looking for and that they've committed to, quote. This came a day after the FAA said it will retain the authority to issue airworthiness certificates until it is confident Boeing's quality control and manufacturing processes consistently produce 787s that meet FAA design standards. The twin aisle jets are produced exclusively at the North Charleston plant and manufacturing delays have cost the aerospace giant more than $4.5 billion. As you may have heard or noticed, cases have dropped sharply in the state and nationwide. The White House COVID response team this week said that they are actively planning for a future when COVID isn't a crisis. The CDC will soon release updated masking guidance, and the agency is also focusing more on COVID hospitalizations as their guide to whether public health measures should be lifted. From the federal level to the state level, DHEC this week announced that it would be shifting its drive-through testing operations toward at-home testing beginning March 1st. These at-home antigen tests are now widely available and are free at county public health departments. DHEC says its testing efforts going forward will focus on those who need to be tested, either because A, they are currently symptomatic, or B, have been exposed as a close contact to someone with the disease. With this transition, the agency will also shift from daily case reporting on March 15th. DHEC will continue to report hospitalizations and deaths due to COVID-19, which are the most accurate indicators of disease severity and the impact of COVID-19 on our state. Here's DHEC Director of Public Health, Dr. Brandon Traxler, with more. This is 
uh, one of the steps towards this becoming uh, more of an endemic response more to, uh, to COVID-19. Um, there are multiple steps. It is not an overnight process, but this is one big uh, step in that direction. And it's coming about because of the numbers and the indicators that we're seeing and what we're seeing with the variant. Um, again, this variant, Omicron, that's by far and away the dominant one, um, while it is more contagious than previous ones, it is less severe, it causes less severe illness. So we're really shifting more of our focus uh, away from necessarily case counts and more towards indicators of severity. Um, and so this, again, all goes hand in hand together to make to make forward progress as we move out of a pandemic response and more to an endemic response. Traxler told me the agency approach will be similar to how it reports its weekly flu watch. But what happens if another variant pops up or if another surge happens? That is something that we continuously monitor for. Um, and I can't promise that it will not happen. Uh, certainly viruses, um, this virus is behaving as viruses often do, um, where the next variant um, we would would anticipate um, and certainly hope that it would be, while it might be more contagious, it would be causing even more mild disease, um, that it would be causing even less severe disease. Um, and so that's where getting vaccinated and staying up to date on vaccinations is gonna be key because we may continue to have variants emerge that are contagious and um, cause just mild symptoms in a lot of people, but don't cause much severe illness. But by getting vaccinated and staying up to date on vaccines, you can protect yourself um, very well against those, those variants and even causing the mild disease. And certainly we continue to monitor if this virus doesn't behave as um, viruses often do, then we will take appropriate steps and provide the guidance to the people of South Carolina um, for how to best protect themselves, just as we've done for two years plus now. So we'll see some big changes taking place in the days ahead. And you heard Dr. Traxer say the vaccine is the best way to prevent this from spreading. And just an FYI, by the end of 2021, DHEC had spent $533 million on its response to COVID-19. Over 50% of that has gone toward covering the costs of tests. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and we want to hear your stories as well. Well, I guess it's gonna be like life during the endemic. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Mm. Tell us what you think about these uh, changes that DHEC is talking about implementing and uh, maybe, you know, your recent experiences with the pandemic. I know we still know some people dealing with close contacts and the like. So let us know your thoughts. 803-563-7169. You can leave us a message there. Operators are standing by. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. We have people in the hopper still, but that doesn't mean that will last forever. So you got to do your part, Grayson. It doesn't mean don't call. It <laughs> means call. Okay, Grayson. We're talking Grayson. about you. Birthday we boy. said your name earlier, so you got to call. Yeah, it comes with a cost. That's how it goes. Okay, we don't make the rules. All right, but I mean, anyway, Gavin, we yeah. do have a call today. Terrific. Okay, terrific. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay. Good. I will. Yes. Well, here we go. Yes? Authorized. Okay, authorization complete. Let's <laughs> go. I'm turning my key in three, two, yeah. go. Hi, this is Amanda from Charleston Caller. Um, I wanted to call regarding losing your sense of taste with COVID. Um, so a few weeks ago, my husband lost his sense of taste um, a couple of days after testing positive. 
Um, and this also happened to be the week of my birthday. So we obviously wouldn't be going to a fancy restaurant. <laughs> um, but after a few weeks, his taste did come back and he was saying recently that some things are tasting weird, but at least he can taste them. Um, so hopefully it'll come back to normal. I hope AT gets his back relatively quickly too. Um, but speaking of birthdays, in a few weeks, it'll be my son's seventh birthday and we're getting a state park pass and we'll see how many we can visit in a year. We've been to Charlestown Landing many, mom and love it, but no others in the state. Um, so I'd like to ask the fellow leaders which ones we need to be sure and visit. Thank you all so much for what you do. Bye. Amanda from Charleston, thank you for calling. We love hearing from our people, especially folks down in the low country. Um, it's a bummer about your husband and his, his sense of taste, <laughs> especially for your birthday week. Oh, but uh, th- I'm guessing you guys still went up to a nice restaurant. You just got to have his portion <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> or, you know, like you got to eat. He got like, you know, Applebee's or something. I don't know. But uh, also happy birthday to your son. That sounds like a great present getting the state pass. I need to do that. I can't give you any recommendations because I haven't been to too many state parks. But I know plenty of people out there have. And so uh, give Amanda some love. Give her a call. 803-563-7169. Tell all of us where we should be visiting this summer. Because that sounds like a great idea, especially as things are warming up. Yeah, my uh, in-laws, Caitlin's older sister and her family, they love state parks. They love national parks and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And like they got a big scratch off map, you know, and they're trying to hit every single one. So uh, that's there. I mean, it's not my my scene. You know, I'm glad you guys are doing it. I mean, if you love it, you love it. But uh, I'm much more an inside guy or a city guy, you know, so I just want to see all the beautiful bounty that South Carolina has to offer. (laughs) But like, yeah, you know, it is people beautiful. talk about it. I just need to like, go see it. Like I want to go see some waterfalls and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I've Jump been to like, I've been to, I've been to Charlestown landing. Okay. I've been to Congaree. I don't know if that counts as a state park, mm-hmm. but I've been to Congaree and it is a swamp. <laughs> yeah. Now's <laughs> I mean, the time to visit Congaree. I would say that. <laughs> uh, so, be, but nice like I moved from Jersey, which is a big swamp to South Carolina. And I, it's mm. sort of a swampy swamp type deal so i mean like yeah. i was it's okay it's fun it's, yeah, we did yeah, i learned all about the trees the loblollies and the knees growing out of the water <laughs> cypress yeah cypress. um we did a lot of state parks as kids you know great falls up in the dc virginia area and mm-hmm. Cunningham falls a lot of falls but yeah very cool let us know give us some shout outs give us some love yeah, I, I if anyone loves one, call mm-hmm. in, let her know, let Amanda know. But also, like, I'm glad your husband's smell and taste came back. Mm-hmm. I've recently yeah. started to smell and taste a few things, but um, it's still strange. I would say I have, like, 60% smell and 30% taste. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Yeah. And, and it's like I can feel flavors and tastes. It's very odd. It's like, I made, a bol- I made a bolognese. And I could feel the unctuousness, but I could not taste it. It was mm. devastating. Very sad. We're working through uh, a lot of things here. But you had a big... A big I have a big announcement. Big yeah. announcement. So, so if you've been listening for a while, you'll know that about a year ago now, Caitlin and I decided we're going to order a couch. No. Yes, Gavin. Oh, my God. Is it happening? And, 
it has been a long-running joke between Gavin and I that this couch was never coming. I mean, it, it, it was supposed to come last August, and they just kept pushing back the date, pushing back the date. And recently, I've been calling them, Sure. and I was very polite, but I, 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 I politely told them that they were liars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, I said to him, I said, I know this isn't you. I know you, I didn't order it from you and it's not your fault, mm-hmm. but I've talked to three other people and I've heard nothing. I was like, so I just don't believe that you're going to do anything. Please. You know, yeah. what is the and word? Like this lady laughed. She thought that was really funny the way that I said <laughs> it. But I, I mean, I did tell her straight up, you are a liar and I don't believe you. And, uh, Caitlin pulled out the email and was like, well, it's been more than 10 days since you called. I guess it's time to order. Oh, and she turns their phone and it says that it's been built, the, cou- the couch, wow. and it's on its way wow. and it's supposed to get here by March. Like, <sighs> I cannot believe you that this has come to fruition. Into exi- yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, did, she, did the woman have any details as to why there was such delay? I mean, were other she people She never called me it? back. No, she never called me back. I never heard another thing. Like, we were ready to can't yeah oh big cool truck driving by we were ready to be the, cancel be the couch. <laughs> we were ready to cancel we yeah, were ready sure. to cancel that order you know because totally. it was it was i mean i told her i was like i look kind of stupid now like i've been waiting this long like what makes me feel that you're actually going to send me a couch mm-hmm. i was like are you still selling couches because i haven't gotten my what was she telling ago. you what was she telling you she said there's a backlog because of uh the supply stuff. chain yeah. you know but i was like that's you should be able to build a couch, one couch, you know? So anyway, yeah. um, wow. we're so going to get a couch. This is I can't believe super it's super exciting, especially can't on the believe. news of your automobile news, too. I mean, you got everything's happening right now. Yeah, I got a new happening. car. I got rid of my truck. Very sad. Very <sighs> sad. But Dark. Caitlin got a car that she likes. So mm-hmm. Whatever. And the couch is coming. <laughs> Spring is coming. almost here. Uh, everything's happening, AT. I can't taste, but man. <laughs> it will come back soon. I know it's going to happen. This is a victory I could taste, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm very happy that that, that this couch is, is real and yeah. is going to be here one day. I can't <laughs> wait to spill some red wine on it. It's going to be yes, wonderful. Yes, thank you. It's good, but it is dark, so spill away, sir. <laughs> sloshing. <laughs> slosh, slosh, slosh. Only fish bowls of wine in my house. <laughs> well, that's wonderful news to hear, AT. Uh, so, yeah, share some of your... Uh, supply chain issue stories like AT. Uh, that one has really been. We've been, it's been a year. that one for a while. That is been a year. Else. So you can share your stories. Uh, let us know what's going on with you. Taste and smell, state parks. Help out Amanda. Help us all out. Give us a call 803 563 7169. We love hearing from you guys. And you can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and South Carolina Public Radio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Uh, just so you know, I'm going to do a Caribbean cruise for my 40th. So I'm going to really appreciate if you and Kaylin could come. Que paso?